What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Girl, stop playing. I'm your favorite homegirl, Coriel, here to encourage you to stop playing with your potential and start working for what you want in life and in love. Y'all already know that I believe you can make the money and you can get the honey. You can have it all as long as you are willing to work. And I have the honor and the pleasure of introducing y'all every single week to workaholics who are doing the damn thing. And today is no different. We're about to get into another amazing episode, which happens to be sponsored by Work University. The first black woman owned, it's me, I'm the black woman, y'all. The first black woman owned online trade school on a mission to help black women all around the world learn how they can turn their existing skills into new streams of income. Tap in right now. You can check the link below or log on to workuniversity.com. And of course, that's work with an E. Speaking of work, we got a real working woman in the building. My girl, Alicia Reese. Welcome to the studio. What's up? So I didn't even attempt to put a a bio or an intro (laughs) here for you because you are like the definition of multifaceted. You do all the things. I was trying to explain to somebody what you do and I was like, it's just, she does it all. (laughs) She does it all. So introduce yourself how you you want the people to to know you. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Alicia Reese. I am like warm tea and Hennessy. I am a transformation coach, international speaker, and overall strategist. I just get it done. She gets shit done. done. You get it done. So I want to talk about, because I don't know the answer to this. A lot of times I already know the answers before I ask the question, but what was your first entry point into entrepreneurship? Ooh, so I was 12 years old and I'm the oldest of four. At the time, there were three of us. Um, no, I'm lying. There were four of us at that time. There were four of us at the time, and we were hungry. My mother had lost a child uh, when I was eight, and awesome. when she lost a child, she lost her mind. And my father, of course, he couldn't handle it either, so he kind of checked out a bit. So my parents were on their own traumatic journeys, trying to deal with their own trauma. And there were these four kids who were trying to like figure out life, like how do we eat? Um, how do we consistently have running water in our home? How do we make sure we have lights? Things that most kids should just not be concerned about. But because I was the oldest, I had to be concerned about it. And so what I did is I pitched one of the girls in my church like, hey, you braid hair really well. I know you're making money from it. If you teach me how to braid hair, then you can do more heads because I can cut down the time. And so that's how I got into entrepreneurship. I started a business from her teaching me how to braid hair. Well, first of all, I was not expecting that. Okay, 12-year-old boss. I thought I was doing something at like 14, but 12. <laughs> but having to do it out of necessity, I think, is... is It's a different type of trauma. It's a different thing. And I feel like there is a lot of pressure on the oldest. I have the privilege of being the youngest, so I don't know that life. But you didn't succumb to the pressure. And you figured that thing out. So how does that translate to how old were you as an adult when you got into entrepreneurship? So I went from 12 creating my first company to then 14 creating my next company, which is a cleaning business because braiding hair took too long. 
I was like, if I divide the amount of hours it's taking me by how much I'm getting paid, oh, this is not enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then I started cleaning houses for some of the wealthier people or richer, because they weren't wealthy at that time, but for some of the richer people in my church. And then I was like, okay, I decided to go corporate. So I worked at McDonald's as a cashier. And not then, going corporate, working listen. at the McDonald's. So I was corporate, working at McDonald's? Yes, that okay, is corporate. I worked at corporate, y'all. Forget everything I've said. I worked at corporate. That is corporate. Don't let nobody tell you. I don't care what you're doing. It. I'm seriously going to tell people that. Yeah, you should. I do. Um, my first actual real business, though, again, trauma again, um, I was about to get divorced Uh, my ex-husband gave me an ultimatum stay or leave if you leave you got to take care of things so i was just like well okay then bet i decided i was going to start a nonprofit. um most people think that nonprofits aren't supposed to make money because it's called nonprofit. that is totally not the case red cross makes millions a year so I started a nonprofit. In our first year, we were sponsored by UPS. We were partnered with the Miami Marlins, the city of Miami Gardens. We had celebrity ambassadors. We had a dope board of directors. And that was my my first like business. I don't even remember how old I was. I don't know. I had a three-year-old, so however old you I was. You know, so I started a nonprofit, and we was actually non-profitable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So what did I do wrong? I, it's knowing that I know you, I'm yeah. try, I'm kind of being funny, but I know the answer is relationships just because I know you. How yeah. did you do? How did you do that though? Tell the people. So I am strategic as fuck. Like everything for me is a strategy from the people I date to the types of events I go to. Everything for me is strategy. Call it what you want. Feel how you want to feel about it. For me, it's a strategy. I'm not willing to connect myself to anything that doesn't make me grow. If I can't grow from it, I won't be connected to it. Sorry, not sorry. So for me, what I did is is I did my research when I decided that I was going to start the nonprofit. I knew it was going to be for foster youth, for youth aging out of the foster care system, because there is a whole lot of things that they need that they just mm-hmm. don't get. And so I said, OK, well, if I can take this program because I created a program and I said, well, if I can take this program, I can sell it to governments, government entities, municipalities. I can sell that and people pay millions a year for programming. And so what I did first, and which is what most people don't do, they go all in with their passion when it comes to a nonprofit and they don't create a sellable product or service. Mm. For me, I created something that was sellable first. And then I said, okay, well, who can I connect with? Because I've never worked in the foster care system. So I need some relationships to help me collapse time because I didn't want to spend five, 10 years building up the thing i ain't got that kind of patience call me what you want but i I need i don't have patience and so i did some research to find out who was the largest foster care agency in the state of florida at the time because that's where i was living i realized that she was a member of junior league of miami shout out to junior league of miami um and so i joined i joined it Hmm. you had to pay a fee of course but membership has its benefits anybody who is an amex you know platinum card holder understands the benefits that come when you are a member And so I researched who she was. I realized that I would need to get close in with her and I needed a definite yes. I wasn't going to be able to get a definite yes without being a member because members do things for each other. Mm. I didn't join a sorority. I didn't have, you know, a family who was super well connected. So that meant I had to be strategic as fuck as to how I was going to get what I needed. So I joined and the day after you paid your membership and you signed a little paper, they gave you a book that had every single person's ad address, telephone number, and email. As soon as I got the book, she was the first person I emailed. She scheduled a meeting with me, and she said she only said yes to the meeting because I was a Junior League member. She said it was already a yes simply because I was a member. I went, got the partnership with her. I used that partnership to parlay that into a a conversation with UPS, and less than a year later, we had all these partnerships. The rest is history. Yeah. Okay, so... Not only was I non-profitable in the in the nonprofit, <laughs> I have been in the same room with you. And I kept my mouth closed and got nothing while you opened your mouth and closed deals. And again, the same exact thing that you just talked about, where you research who's in this room, you connect with the people, and you get what you came there for. Yeah. 
Don't direct this to me. Direct this to the people because <laughs> I'm I'm a work in progress. Y'all pray for me. I ain't figured it out yet. I've seen her do it with my own eyeballs, and I still have not figured it out yet. But for the people out there who still have hope, what can they do when they walk into these rooms and they want to get what they came for? Ooh. So here's the thing. Most people think it's about other people, right? It all completely starts with you. You have to get super clear on who am I? What do I do well? What value do I bring to the table? And then how can I leverage and use that value to provide what someone actually needs? Kind of like with love languages, you want to make sure that you aren't providing something for someone that they don't need or want. So if someone's love language is gifts and all you do is words of affirmation, they're going to think that you hate them because you are not speaking the language that they understand. So anytime I go into a room, I'm super clear on who I am, the value I bring to the table, and how I can effectuate change and add value. And then I shut the fuck up and listen after I've asked them, how does your how do you show up magically in the world? I don't ask them what you do because Asking someone what you do, it immediately turns them into a commodity. And what they are thinking about is you just want to know so you can decide how to use me or what level of respect to give to me. I don't give a shit about what you do. No disrespect in the beginning. What I want to know is... You already know what they do, knowing you. Generally, yes. (laughs) But what I want to know is how do you show up magically in the world? Because that's a different conversation. And you are going to remember me a month from now because nobody asks you, how do you show up magically in the world? I mean, they might now because they're stealing your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Listen, free game. Um, but after I ask them, how do they show up magically in the world? I will usually follow it up because they're going to talk about a problem. That sounds pretty difficult. How do you manage and solve some of the major problems that you're experiencing? That is when you have to tune all the way in, focus in on whatever it is they're about to say, because what you need to do from that point is start identifying how do I take me the solution, the value that I that I hold and have, and how do I bridge the gap to provide that solution to them at a cost? What does that look like? And for me, that's literally what I do every single time. So that's cool. But it takes confidence to be able to do that. Absolutely. I feel like you naturally have that confidence, but what about someone who doesn't? Okay, y'all. So that whole natural confidence thing, because I've been hearing that a lot here lately, that is totally not the truth. I started out as a kid who I hated every part of me. I hated my hair. I hated my toes. I hated the clothes I wore. I hated the house I lived in. I hated every part of me. There was no part of me that I liked. There was no part of me that I liked. There was no part of me that I thought had value. I literally had planned my suicide because I thought I was worth more dead to my daughter. You know, I thought I was worth more to her dead than alive. I, I did. I was not born with this level of confidence. This was mm-hmm. developed over time. Over time, I decided that I was going to stop playing with myself and I was tired of my own bullshit. Like, either I'm going to accept that I'm going to live a mundane life where I barely make it, I'm always struggling, or I'm going to figure out what is the one thing I like about myself. What's the one thing? I literally started telling myself every day that I am powerful beyond belief. And after you tell yourself some shit long enough, you start to believe it. And so finally, I was like, I am powerful beyond belief. I don't got no money in my account. This house about to go into foreclosure. They about to repo this car. I ain't paid my student loans in I don't know how long. And yet and still, I am powerful beyond belief because what I was speaking to is the spirit man part of me that understood and knew who I was, who I was crafted to be and what was inside of me, even though my logical mind could not fathom that. Couldn't fathom it. I appreciate you for sharing that because I know that you just say, you know, you hear that all the time. It's so easy for us to see the people who we think have it all together. You got it all figured out. You're able to do all of these things that I can't do. But we all come with the same-ness inside of us that we can tap into. And sometimes we got to fake it till we make it. Not in the sense of being fake out here in these streets, but faking it to yourself for long enough until you start believing it. There's so many books about, you know, the fact that you got to lie to yourself until you start believing it, until you can truly do the things that you don't even realize that you can do, but you can. And so mindset, I think, is just, it's why I always talk about mindset because people want to talk about making the money and doing the things, but if you don't have your mind right, you can get the stuff, but you're going to ruin it, you know? Literally. You always go back to your set point. 
So if you believe that you don't deserve a certain type of love, if you believe you don't deserve a certain type of money or you hate rich people or you think that all rich people are bad or you think that you can only have an extra $200 in your bank account after payday, you can have $10,000 and there will be some type of an emergency that comes and happens that takes 9800 because your set point is $200. Mm-hmm. Your set point is, oh, well, men always do me wrong. That is some bullshit. I don't even subscribe. We were like, oh my God, I can't find any good men. Uh Uh-uh, you keep that over there. Mm -hmm. I don't agree. Keep that energy, please. I do not agree. Whatever you believe for yourself is what it will be, period, point blank. And what we've got to stop doing is stop comparing your chapter two to somebody else's chapter 20. You're looking at my chapter 20, but you don't understand that I also had a chapter one, a chapter two, and in those chapter two and three and all, you know, all the way up to wherever I'm at now, whatever chapter I'm on now, there was some processing and some training and some very intentional work that I was doing to ensure that I could be prepared and manage at each new level. Because mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't subscribe to the belief to, for every new level, there's a new devil. Why would I agree to that? I am not agreeing to things that I don't want to materialize. So for me, it's for every new level, it require it, it will require a different version of who I am. Mm-hmm. It will require me to tap and go deeper so that I can achieve and reach and be my highest self. But to get that, you got to figure out who am I first. Without my title, without my role, without my responsibility, who am I? Who am I? So how do you not fall into the fake networking thing that so many people fall into? Because you actually create meaningful relationships that a lot of times turn into profitable relationships. How are you able to navigate that and not just turn it into like a passing the business card out, fake, phony, I met you, but I don't know you. I can't take nothing from this type of thing. So for me, I actually give a shit. When I ask them how do they show up in the world, I genuinely care. Like, I actually want to know. It's not just because, oh, you can get me this opportunity later. I put that on the back burner because I understand no matter what, because I bring value to the table, there's always going to be something that I can do with them, some way that I can serve them, some way that, honestly, they too can serve me because it's a symbiotic relationship. There is the universal law is giving and receiving. So I have no problem giving because Mm -hmm. I understand by universal law, I will also be given unto. So it's giving and receiving. So when I ask them how you show up magically in the world, it's because, A, I give a shit, number one. And B, I want to know who are you as a human? Like, what's your character like? What are some of the challenges that you face? Because I don't care how high the title is from the CEO to the janitor. They are all humans having a human experience. And there is something that we can connect on. And so when I ask or when I go in there and I'm speaking, I want to know, Who are you as a human? And most people, especially if they're executive level, they're used to people asking them, what do you do and how can I get something from you? So because I never go with the how I can get something from you first, I'm always welcomed differently because I care about them, the person before them, the title. Mm. Always. Even though you walk into this space knowing their title. I'm clear on the I'm I'm usually very clear. And even when I don't know who's in the room, I still will sit and talk to people to find out what's your story? Like who are you? What challenges are you facing? And I'm always asking about your challenges because if I'm clear on what your challenges are, then I can provide solutions. But that requires listening. Active listening. That's hard. It is, especially because I got ADD, like in real life. Mm, I'll be tapping out when you was when you're like and this is when you have to I'm glad you said that because then that gives me something to focus on it's like no right now you really need to listen because mm-hmm. and and it's not just me we're easily distracted we got 25 I can't even count right now how many tabs I got open on this computer so many on our phone like all of the things we always have something to tap into and so it's very easy to tap out of a conversation yeah. which brings me to post conversation post event the power of the follow-up Like, that is so important. But my question is, how do you follow up without being thirsty? 
Huh. So it's so funny. Or feeling thirsty. <laughs> feeling thirsty. So it's so funny. So um, I literally, as you know, I have a podcast called Triggered AF. Um, and just yesterday, and it's crazy that you literally asked it like that, because just yesterday, that is one of our next episodes, the follow-up for season five. But how you do it and what that follow-up looks like is when you're asking them, and this is why you have to immediately zone in and pay attention, when you're asking them, like, what are your problems that you're facing? What you're doing is is you are also coming up with how can I send them a solution to that problem that doesn't require anything from me, right? Example. I was going to say, give us an example. An example. So I was at your event, the dope live podcast recording of Girl Stop Playing Podcast. Girl, thanks for plugging it because I forgot, y'all. We had a dope live <laughs> podcast last night. If you missed it, you missed out on a treat. Stay tuned for the next one. Listen, don't miss the next one. You need to make sure you are in the building. It was absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. And we were there last night and I met a young lady who has done some phenomenal, I mean, built something dope. And she was saying how next she wants to expand, but she doesn't want to use her own money. So I was like, okay, bet. You ain't said nothing but a word. I'm really connected in the VC space. I want to expand some things that I don't want to use my own money. <laughs> I got you. We're going to have a conversation. Okay. We're going to have a conversation. And so what I did is today I said, hey, I have a list for you because we had talked about a specific company. I said, hey, I have a list for you of who their uh, investors were. And then I'm going to connect you with a friend of mine who has one of their investors already on her cap table. I simply provided a solution. That is how I follow up. And I always usually follow up with a solution. If they have kids, hey, if y'all got kids, please don't think your kids are, you know, inhibitors to your success. My baby gets me into so much. If you have kids, I always tell them, oh, my goodness, if you're if their child was experiencing something or they are having a challenge with something or heck, they just want some old play dates to go out. I love a good play date. Where are we going and where are we going? My daughter is going to be one of the most well-connected little teenagers because I'm always taking my good sis on play dates mm -hmm. with all the folks. But for me, it's how, when I'm following up and providing a solution to what they said was their problem. And it doesn't. I didn't have to do it. Literally took me five minutes to Google who were this, who was this particular company's investors, and then I noticed that okay, this particular investor also invested in a product that a friend of mine had, so I can easily make that connection. And now what I have done is I have just turned myself into an asset. Mm -hmm. And so in a world full of liabilities, your goal is to be an asset. You become an asset by always and consistently providing solutions for folks. So what's your next move? Man. In that in that relationship, because in a perfect world, mm -hmm. y'all have established a connection. Mm -hmm. She's very appreciative of mm -hmm. this connection. Right. And then y'all naturally do something. Yeah. In an imperfect world, you establish a, a connection. She gets busy doing the mm -hmm. thing. And then five months go by, three months go by. What do you do next? So I don't let five or three months go by. OK. Right? Um, max I'm gonna let go by is a month, right? Okay. Oh my goodness, I saw you that got you a reminder in your phone or something. No, I just, just care about these people, so you know. <laughs> I mean, I just, I genuinely care, and sometimes I will set a reminder, like a it takes two seconds to set a calendar alert, email so and so. Wow. Set it for three weeks later. Being intentional, it'll take you far. I told you, I'm strategic and intentional as fuck. You said that. Like I, it's a real thing for me. You said that. And so, and two, people want to know that you care about them, right? So if I notice that you didn't respond to my message about the solution that I'm providing for you, I will second inquiry, colon, whatever that first uh, uh, subject line was, send it, hey, love, wanted to make sure that you got, you know, the information below. Let me know once you've received it. Super excited to stay connected. Mm -hmm. That's usually done two, three, max a month afterwards. They read it. They get it. Oh, my goodness. This is so great. Then it's, oh, I also would love to meet for coffee or lunch or let's grab drinks. Let's do something so we can hang out. And then when we hang out, I don't talk business. The first time we hang out, I'm not talking business what? I'm not a businesswoman the first time we hang out. The first time we hang out, I'm a human. I'm Alicia. And I'm a damn good time. You so, are. You listen, are a damn good time. Listen, we finna have a time. She's not lying. I'm a twerk. I'm a drink. We're going to have fun for those who don't drink. Okay, get you a little spritzer, whatever it is. If you haven't tapped into your joy, find you some joy mm -hmm, so that you can mm -hmm. have fun with, with the folks. Because people want to know that, again, you care more than just about their title or what they can do for you. 
Can they have fun with you? Can y'all have some laughs together? Figure out, just ask, hey, what do you like to do? I want to make sure that we have a good time. If drinks and dinner isn't your thing, let's go putt-putt. Let's take the kids to Candytopia. One of my, and she's a new friend, and it felt so good because she called me her soul sister. And I was like, oh, my God. We took our kids to Candytopia together. And we had a great time taking pictures, getting all the little crap in our Mm -hmm. hair. It's still in my purse and in my shoes. like a month later, but it's how do you create an experience for people that's focused on living, that's focused on life, that's focused on fun, that's focused on joy. Their jobs and their companies are stressful enough. When I'm in the, in, in the vicinity, oh, we finna have some fun. I love it. And I just love you. And the, that's why that's why she too. said you have soul sisters because it's just like, oh, I need some of this. I, I just want, let's have fun together. We're going to always work. We're going to always get to the money because I like money and money likes me. But Come let's on. have fun together first. Let's talk about the opposite of fun, motherhood. Because we were talking about this last night and it wasn't even me and you. It was you and another one of my amazing guests, Carly, who is a whole comedian. Y'all, she we gonna, one day y'all gonna see the footage, right? They're gonna see the footage. Okay, so one day y'all gonna see the footage, and she's a whole comedian, and you gotta Truly. you gotta watch it. But y'all were having a conversation that I was kind of third wheeling, and y'all were like, I think it was you specifically was like, I don't like motherhood, I don't and I was like, you are a mother. I'm a, a whole. You mother. can't say that. I'm I a can. new mom, so I still be like, oh tiptoeing Mm-mm. I won't say that I dislike motherhood because I'm not true to this I'm new to this what do you mean by that though Alicia tell the people I'm not tiptoeing on the marble floors I don't like motherhood what don't you like about it I don't like the pressure I don't like the responsibility I don't like that I am a driver because these tiny humans <laughs> can't drive I'm an unpaid driver that's true like uber drivers make more than me <laughs> I don't. You're driving for free. No tips. No tips. There is no guaranteed return on my investment with motherhood. You are literally hoping for the best. You are putting your absolute best in the maximum amount of money. You put some good into this girl, though. Man, I'm just praying to God she turns out all right. And you are more than halfway there. Your baby is. She's twelve. Listen, I got. You're itching. You started itching when I said that. Not five years and five years and four months. And I love her. I love every. She's so amazing. She's a dope kid, and I still dislike motherhood. I don't like it. If somebody, that's what you said. So you were like, "Well, I don't dislike my child. I I just dislike motherhood." I love. I love. Oh man, she's she's such a dope kid. She's brilliant. She's kind. She's she's smart. She got a slick ass mouth. She's you. I love kids with slick mouths. A lot of adults don't. I love it because when people be like, "You want a girl?" I'll be like, "Ooh." I like a slick mouth child. Why? Let me tell you why I like a slick mouth child. Um, I didn't have a slick mouth out loud, but it is going to be such a valuable trait when they become old enough to advocate for themselves and they can mentally spar. My child mentally spars with grown ass people and many times wins. They be like, well, damn, when you say it like that, I love it. Now, yes, it gets on my nerves, (sighs) on my last nerve, but you're not raising a child. You're raising an adult. You will have a child a much shorter time frame than you will an have an adult. Mm-hmm. I'm raising an adult. And okay. that attribute, that slick mouth shit, ooh. So I'm just being be selfish. Good. I'm just thinking about myself <laughs> being the victim of, because I, I had an out loud slick mouth. It wasn't in my head. It was on the outside of my body. And so I could just imagine getting that back. You know, they say with the daughters, you're going you're gonna to get it back. Yeah. I am yeah. in for a rude awakening. So I guess I'm just being selfish because I'm like, I'm going to have to fight you. I mean, and here's the thing. We go back and forth. I'm not of the, the, the community that believes children should be seen and not heard. We be going back and forth. Like, some of my men, because I date and I date well. Come on, some of my men. <laughs> we'll talk about it next. Don't worry. <laughs> well, some of my men, they'll be on the phone with me when I'm talking to her. And I be she, we be, she be going back and forth. She be hitting it, too. So when I like you, that. So you never say, all right, now, little girl, wait a minute. You never get I to that do point? I she gets a little. I be like, listen, huh. We cool, but we ain't never that cool. Okay. Play with your so little friends. So you friend. do reel her in. Yeah, I reel okay. her in, but I'm okay with her expressing her emotion. She tells me all the time, I really don't like that you rush me. And I say, well, I really don't like that you take so long because what it does is it makes me feel as though you don't respect my time. Hmm. And I give you so much of my time already. I need you to start honoring the pieces that I that 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 I tell you I need. If I say I need you to be ready in 10 minutes, I really do need you to be ready in 10 minutes because there are other things that I still have to do that you have that you are not privy to. 
this morning we was in the car. She's like, you know what, Ma? You're right. I'm sorry. I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best to 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 get ready to get ready quicker. You're raising a thinker. And I not just a-, a doer. And so many people are raising doer. Do what I said do. Mm-mm. Don't think about it. Don't ask me about it. Don't wonder why I said it. Don't you dare ask me why I said it. Just do it. And oh. I think, like you said, that's going to come in handy in so many ways. So many. And I think our generation are doing a better... I mean, we doing some crazy shit now. We still do but some- we are doing much a much better job of not not doing the stay in a child's place sit down shut up do what I say do without question because in life you have questions hopefully I hope you are, and you're able to ask the right questions yeah. because if you don't people are gonna get over on you and anybody got time to be no. getting getting over on and honestly I started out that way shut the fuck up do what I say one thing about mama she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even thinks about treating herself. So if you are looking for the perfect gift to make mom feel special this Mother's Day, make sure you check out the Mega Moisture Duo from Osea Malibu because body care is self-care. Since 1996, Osea has been making clean, clinically proven, seaweed-infused skincare. So this Mother's Day, treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GSPP at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code GSPP for 10% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Said, don't ask me no questions. The fuck so is this you? is a learned thing. This is when I tell you learn. This is evolved, Alicia. Okay. I listen, Lola, my lower self. I talk Not about, Lola. Lola. I talk about it a lot on my on my podcast. The lower self, Lola. My I lower like self. That. I had to name that bitch so that I can know when it's Alicia who's who's talking, who's processing, who's who you're speaking to. And then when it's my lower self saying, just ram your car into theirs. <sighs> You don't like, do it though, right? No, okay. but I still need to recognize. You, think about it. you have to understand your lower vibrational self. It really just wants to protect you. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. truly does. It is the fight or flight, and everything is. Oh my God, you're gonna die. Your lower vibrational self is everything is. Oh my God, you're gonna die. So it likes to fight to the death, right? And so trying to and that's ego. That's all the things. So trying to deny its existence or trying to pretend like oh it's not there. I'm just I'm vibing so high. I'm so healed. Bullshit. Trying to pretend that it's not there. What happens is, is if you try and push down something long enough, eventually it's gonna come, it's gonna come back strong. It's it's gonna explode, and many times it's gonna explode when the consequence doesn't for, doesn't fit the crime. And so what I do is I'm always in conversation when I'm spazzing out or when I'm like losing my shit. I'll say, okay, the reason I'm spazzing out is because I feel hurt about this or I'm afraid about this. Thank you so much for for trying to protect me. Now, I'm going to need you to sit in the passenger seat. And now this is how Alicia is going to respond. But Lola, oh, that bitch always got a response. Always. But mature Alicia be shutting her shit down. I Evolved. love that. And it's not perfect. Ooh, please don't think it's perfect. Because, baby, if you had caught me on a plane with this lady. <laughs> what you going to do to the lady? Lola was about to get her? Oh. Oh. I just can't. I've, I've, I've never personally met Lola so I just cannot I mean I could see her coming out of you know I could see that she up in there but I've never seen this so I just can't imagine I see the soul you my soul sister Alicia because I I vibrate on love and light you do and also it can get real real and real ratchet real quick that's the Hennessy Listen, that's I the Hennessy the, part. I, yeah, I'm the warm tea. That's Because warm tea is mostly who I am. Like, I, I want to know see. people's feelings. I want to make sure you're okay. Like, I care, you know, what you're experiencing. And also, if you trigger me, that's that's literally why our podcast is called Triggered AF. 
Because once I'm triggered, I become something that I don't like. You know, kind of like the Hulk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How he's all nice and mild-mannered. But boy, when he get yeah. that other side. <laughs> yeah. I started this conversation by saying you are one of the most multifaceted people that I knew. And I didn't even know this part. So I, I was right. I that, be knowing. That other side is a lot. I be knowing. I do want to talk about triggered AF. Yeah. Tell us about it. What was your guiding light when you when you first started it because you said you're about to do season five so when you initially started it like what was your thought process behind it man so um i have a co-host danny foster hey girl um so we were in the heart of the pandemic right and everybody was triggered everybody and their mama i mean do i wear a mask or not wear a mask do i go to the store oh my god somebody coughed we all gonna die like it was so many triggers and then you're at home you no longer have separation so you have your partner who maybe you don't mind being around you know from six in the morning to like eight o'clock and then again from like six thirty seven o'clock to like 10 11 when y'all go to sleep but then to now have to be around them all day long you know how many marriages and relationships hell i lost a couple of relationships during the panorama you know uh, let me put that in my notes so i come back to this like, all the men because i almost forgot <laughs> like there's there's no separation you lost like your sense of boundaries right so all of your triggers from people being around you all the time like i don't like to be touched a lot you get touched out especially if you have a new baby so you got a new baby and you got a man and everybody want to touch you like there were so many triggers and so mm-hmm. many things that we were dealing with it literally the pandemic unearthed all of our unhealed parts mm. all of the parts that's a great of us way to put it that were unhealed. it did it, it it shined a light a whole light it shined a whole light on all the parts and pieces of ourselves um, that needed to be healed. Because that's all a trigger is. A trigger just identifies, hey, this is an area, a space and place that you are not healed in, that you need to do some more work in. And if you can do the work in this area, you can go to that next level so that you can constantly be in tune and in touch with your highest self. Because you create the best type of life when you are clear on not only who you are, whose you are, but the value you bring to the table and how you want to operate in the world. This podcast sounds therapeutic. We be on here just talking some shit, really. But you sound like this. Y'all really doing some ther- therapeutic. Yeah, we, we literally, you'd be surprised. We get DMs all the time like, hey, you guys helped me through a divorce. Hey, you guys mm. helped me not to kill myself. Like, it, it literally, because we talk about all the things that are normally taboo. Like what? Tell us some of the things. We have a conversation coming up, actually, a conversation with a white man, and we talk about white boys being uh, bombers in schools and, and, and shooting people and uh, white supremacy. Like, we have very real conversations about how triggering it is for black women to uh, have to uh, sometimes see counterparts who are not as good as we are, get things that uh, we we not only deserve, but have worked for. Like we have very real conversations. We have conversations about things that we've done, about how Lola, when I was in college, did some pretty foul things to a young man I was dating who we broke up to. Like we have very real conversations about, okay, this is how Lola responded and now this is how I should respond. Mm. Like what to do with partners when they done pissed you off and all you want to do is just light the bed on fire. Did you light his bed on fire? I didn't. Okay, she did something worse, I think. Did you do something worse? <laughs> Wink at me. You did something worse? Oh, she winked. Y'all know you did some crazy shit. Tell me after the show. Okay, gotcha, but dog. Healed Alicia healed is having these conversations that's, yeah. that it's literally healing people. I didn't... Yeah. Okay, so when I started my podcast way back when, didn't know shit about podcasting. Not only did I not know anything about podcast, I had never listened to a podcast. Someone had interviewed me, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I would like to start doing this. And then I started a podcast. I love that. I did not realize, though, that people really be listening to these podcasts. Really? In real like, life. For some people, they they don't watch TV. Nope. They're not listening to the radio. Like They are really Podcast. they're podcasting. Mm-hmm. And so the impact that we're able to have on people just having these microphones is like mind-blowing because you don't have to have a bunch of followers. You don't have to have, you don't have to be an influencer. Like nope. all you got to have is a voice and opinion and some th- some mission to actually help people and you can literally save a life, yeah. save a marriage or help someone save themselves from a marriage. So yeah. I love that. Tell us some more uncomfortable conversations you're having. Ooh, one of our, our latest uncomfortable conversation was about um, a woman who, you know, was married or is married, excuse me, and has been married for quite some time and is now deciding what is the next part of my life look like? Not being married or figuring that out. Figuring that out 
figuring mm-hmm. it out with kids, still being friends with the person who you have promised a lifetime with and understanding that sometimes a lifetime is 10 years. Sometimes a lifetime is five years. Sometimes our lifetime is 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 no years. It's deciding, you know, what that looks like and being okay. <laughs> being, I know my husband watching this, don't you? Our <laughs> lifetime is the life. Death, okay? <sighs> Death, do y'all part. Don't play with her. Don't play. I have a feeling. I look, I got to get Coco. Mine going to be Coco. Come my on, lower honey. self, baby. <laughs> Coco. <laughs> don't play with it. Go ahead. Don't play with it. Go ahead. But it's it's having a conversation around to what does it look like to be okay with saying I want to be taken care of as a woman. Mm-hmm, that I refuse mm-hmm. to do 50-50 and for all the men who try and date me, I refuse to do 50-50. It is not something that I subscribe you don't to. Subscribe to I am not okay with it. I'm a woman. I was do you born take with men on dates? Card. Fuck no. Not ever. Not, I mean, oh, I don't mean oh. like in the dating phase. I mean like oh. if this is your man, you'll take listen, him on a date, right? Listen, I I am very good to my men. Okay. I mean very good to my men. Um, I've taken my men on like all expense paid vacations to okay. Cabo. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. I treat my men very well. But when you're dating me, oh, I'm a Southern woman. You're going to court me and I'm not going to feel bad about it. You're going to court me. You're going to make me feel like I am just the best thing since sliced bread. Hell, I'm going on a date this Saturday with a young man who he taking me to the chiropractor because my back hurt real bad. And then we're going to get practical dates. Listen, and then we're going to get massages afterwards. I love that for us. So let's just go ahead and get into I have here all the men. So I had a question here about the fact that you are successful. You are a successful mother mm-hmm. who's a single woman. Mm-hmm. And you are not letting that slow you down. Absolutely not. So that, I think, is an inspiration and gives some hope for people who feel like I got to wait until my child does X, Y, and Z. I got to wait until... Mm-mm. How, what does that look like? Ooh, so, but your child is twelve, so let's 12, but also I've been dating say that. since. Be clear, I've been dating. Okay, tell the people since she was since I got separated from my ex husband. How old was she, girl? <laughs> two. Okay, ten years. All right. And now, in my defense, was it I, different though? Dating when she's two and dating when she's twelve, or no? So when I was dating when she was two, I was broken. Okay. I mean, I was I was the person who I tell people not to date now. Like I tell people, don't date broken people. I was that. I'm sorry to all the men I dated when. I was broken. I, was Lola, Lola dating? It was Lola. Lola. That was Lola. I'm okay. sorry. It was Lola. I should probably send gifts. You know. For apologies. Healed. Your heels evolved. Listen, the healed me is much better. Lola, when I was dating y'all, some of y'all, whoo But no, so for me, it's it's allowing my village um, to let me still be a woman. Just because you become a mother doesn't mean you're no longer a woman. You are still a woman. You still have needs. And I'm not just talking about sexual needs, but you still need to be held. You still need to be loved on. You still need to. Wait a minute. Is the, is the village the man? No. Oh, I was like, wait, where are you going with this? No. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The I'm village are, are the friends and the family who I allow to watch her so that I can still be a woman. Got you. Okay. Yeah. I was like, that is, this is, we really about to get into a real conversation no, if the village is the bed, but no. okay. Although now, but that's neither here nor there. Um, one of my village members is picking up my, my, my daughter now. Thank you so much. Shout out to you, Seth. You know. Um, but no, so for me, it was allowing my village to, hey, watch my child for me. I'm going to go on this three-day vacation with somebody's son. I'm going to check in with you guys while I'm gone. And I'm also going to make sure that I provide for my needs because I am not willing, and I'm not one of those mothers, shout out to you if that's you, but I'm not one of those mothers who's willing to pretend as if my life does not matter because I brought a human into the world. My life still matters. I still have value. I still am a woman with very real needs. And I am going to nurture and honor my needs because then I can show up as a much better mother when my needs are provided for and mm-hmm. when I'm satisfied. I'm a bitch when I'm not. That's the thing. That's why a lot of our mothers were unhappy because they weren't. You know, we we have the privilege these days. I think it's because we have access and we're seeing other people do things differently. We're like, yeah. wait a minute. Somebody's going to see this and see you. And they're like, wait a minute. I don't have to be miserable. No. I don't have to just be a mother. So because we're having these conversations, because we have access to the Internet, because we have, you know, real people, even though it's not always reality, but real people on TV that are showing us different ways to do things, we can see, OK, I don't have to just do what I saw growing up. Our parents didn't have access to that. So a lot of them were miserable, Miserable. which being raised by a miserable mother is traumatizing. It's traumatizing. We be talking about these daddy issues, but baby mommies 
These Listen, mamas is out here ruining lives. They are. Ruining. Have you met a man with mommy issues? Have you met a woman with mama issues? They are the worst. They're mean. They're cruel. It's they're me. Nasty. I'm in therapy right now, y'all. But I'm My not mama saying not gonna you watch mean this, or but cruel you know, no, or No, no, no. I'm in therapy. I'm healed. I'm working through it. Hallelujah. But that's the thing. A lot of times I think we don't want to admit it. We see our moms as just our mom sitting up on this pedestal and not realizing she is a woman. A woman She's first. a human, right? She was dealing. I mean, I've, I've had these conversations even before therapy with myself about what my mother was going through that made her who she was yeah. that reflected back on how she, you know, like mm-hmm. I have had those conversations. Most of us don't have those conversations. Mm-hmm. We either... Uh, don't recognize what it really is. We're not willing to. We don't want to play, you know, the blame game. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and it's not even about blame. It's really about self-awareness and knowing how you became who you are so that your kids don't just become who they are because you're doing the same thing. Yeah, and and two, we have to realize and recognize, can you imagine the types of trauma? Like, my mother was molested, and I'm telling her story because she tells it all the time, so I'm not just telling her business, but she was molested by her uncles from 8 to 14. Oh, that's a lot. Every sexual experience you can think to have as a grown person, she had had by her family members. She told you that? And she never, yeah, we speak very candidly. And she never went to therapy because therapy was not a thing. She still won't go to therapy. So can you imagine what it's like growing up with a mother that traumatized? My father was not allowed to hug us. My father, we were not allowed to sit on his lap. Like there were so many things that we weren't allowed to do. Because of her experience. Because of her experience. So then here I come needing a daddy. I mean, needing a daddy. And my dad not being able to be a dad because of all of her requirements and the things that she had gone through. So hell yes, I sought it out in men. Oh, I was going to get some some fatherly Somebody love. Somebody going to give me some hugs Somebody and some affection. Listen. You know, and that's so a thing. I had to forgive my mother because a lot of the choices and the decisions that I had made was because I wanted a daddy so bad. I wanted but you a, had a daddy. He just couldn't be. He he just, he he couldn't. He I feel like he tried and he wanted to so bad, but he couldn't. And he didn't know how to say, hey, this is my household. This is how it's going to be ran. Like, that's deep. It just they they were two trauma two very traumatized people raising four kids, being impoverished, not making a lot of money, being in a, a pseudo cult. Like it was a Can lot. Can we talk about the cult? Man, bruh. Can we talk about it? I mean, we can, really? I'm, I'm an open book. I don't give a shit. Well, tell us about the cult then. Uh, I just I grew up extremely religious. I wasn't allowed to wear pants. I wasn't allowed to date. I'd never been to a high school dance. I've never been to a high school prom. I had never been to. Why? What What was the like? What was the foundation? of um, What was the belief behind these things? The belief was just that it wasn't of God. Like uh, we had a year. We had years long revivals where we would be in church every single night. I went to church every day from the time I was born until I was 18. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Wednesday at noon, Thursday at noon, Thursday at five, Friday at noon, Saturday at 8 p.m. Every night for 18 years. Did you go to school at the church? Because yes. that's scheduled. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was I like people ask me all the time, how are you so well adjusted? Therapy, bitch. Like <laughs> therapy. I've, I've gone to years of therapy to work myself. It's why I don't do religion now. I've had enough church where they wasn't just reading the regular bible though huh what no, was they that doing was the regular bible i can like i can quote you scripture after scripture i can tell you why did I, you need to read it twice a day i'm really trying <laughs> to figure out like what were y'all doing it twice a, a day of, it was it, singing it, like seriously what what, what was happening songs like it was it was it like was, a regular church service it was just twice it was a, day? a regular church service it's just 12 noon was a shorter service we'd sing we'd read the bible we'd pray we'd i mean and so here's the thing I am so grateful for every single one of my experiences, including mm-hmm. that one, because it taught me, A, that humans be humanin', right? So I have a lot of grace. Even though Lola be trying to rear her, her head, I have a lot of grace for the human experience because I understand it from a different level. Mm-hmm. And also, even though I don't do religion at all, miss me with your church services. You, sound, you said that in all caps. At, all caps. At all. At all. I don't do religion at all. I still love God, and I, I really do enjoy the lessons that come from the Bible. And I understand why it's necessary for some people. And also, I'm good, love, and joy. Wow. Girl, let me say it again. Multi, <laughs> I need to change the name of this episode. Multi-faceted in all of the ways. Your experience, like, you are just such an amazing person. Just, I just, 
I feel that not not even I think that like you are such an amazing person, but to have overcome all of these things and to be able to use them to draw strength from and then be like a light for other people. That's like amazing. I mean, really. Like, if I had some flowers, I would just hand them to you right now because don't I'll probably cry. don't cry. Don't cry. I'm not. I'm not. Don't cry. I'm not but, ser- but seriously, lashes. That's big. It's it's been it's been a lot. But so here, too, like if you think of like all the people in um in the Bible who God chose. Right. All I don't know the have. Bible that well. So <laughs> don't I, name those specifics. I won't go specific. OK. But what I will say is every single person who God chose had uh, an, an even an even bigger impediment. Right. They all had something which a lot of people look at preachers and like, oh, well, he's a preacher. He shouldn't be. No. All preachers have a great impediment like I need you to just know, like, it's probably some of them coming with it. Listen, it's something coming with it, because especially those who are really, really like effective in their ability to help transform lives. Oh, they got some shit that they've either dealt with or currently dealing with. Why? Because you cannot help someone through their mess if you do not know what it feels like to get dirty. I can't see you and have compassion for you if I know I haven't had some shit that I've had to overcome mm-hmm. or some shit that I've done that I knew I wasn't supposed to do that could and should probably have gotten me into a lot of trouble. I can't be compassionate to someone if I cannot see how they are having a human experience and trying their best to figure it out. So every person, especially leaders, even if they're not in the church, great leaders, orators, all of them have something major that they have to deal with. Because how can you help someone else out of their mess if you don't know what it feels like to get dirty? I don't even know what else to to (laughs) say, guys. I mean... (laughs) This conversation went so many places that I just love you. I love you, too. You are just, I mean, I knew you was everything. Seriously. Because normally people only talk and to I me about business. And I pieces of, well, we didn't have some conversations. Yes, yes. So I know some things. Listen. But to know all of the things about the things, it's yeah. like, wow. And, and we got to, like, have another offline conversation because, you know, I just want to give you a hug and just be like, girl. Stop it's, playing. You are bomb. It's, it's, it's been a lot. All the way around. Yeah. Just know that. Thank you. You I are. Feel, I feel like that's why God didn't allow me to take my life. Because I had planned to take my life. January 2013, I was going to drive my car off the expressway overpass coming from Fort Shut Lauderdale to Miami. I had pl- I'm a planner. I am a planner. I was a project manager when I worked in the second part of my corporate America uh, career. Not the McDonald's one, the, the, the one after that. Um but no, so I was a project manager. So my entire, like my entire everything was to get projects from start to finish, from ideation to execution. Like that was all I did. And so I knew, hey, it's a half a million dollar life insurance policy on my life right now. They would never think anything if I died in a car accident because I had totaled at that point like six cars, five or six cars. Don't don't judge my ability to drive. I drive real good now. Okay. Do you? I've had we no accidents. We do not believe it now. I've had no car accidents, y'all, in the last ten plus years. What were you doing? I just I t- remember I told you I got ADD. Okay. So when I be driving, I be thinking of other things. I be doing other things, and then I'll make a move without looking for used to. I don't do that no more, I was y'all. About to I say, promise. Okay. We we're gonna park. meet everywhere we go. <laughs> I promise. I <laughs> we'll drive you better there. now. We'll meet you there. But no. So I was like, okay, if I take my life driving nobody will ever think anything i had created a living will um so who would be the executor of the account once the money was 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 uh you know dispersed how it would go what when i wanted the monies to be distributed to my daughter 50 percent um immediately so that it can cover her private school split that in half 125 125 125 when she's 18 125 when she's 21 to help her build her businesses or whatever it is that she needed to do go to college or whatever i had i had thought it out planned it out January 2013. I went home December 2012 because my life on the outside looks great. Like I grew up in, you know, a pseudo cult, but we also we were very musical. Like music was a thing for us. So I was always in musical theater. And so I knew that you don't let your front of the house know what's going on in your back of the house. Right. On the outside, I looked great. I had a, a, a husband at the time who was fine as frog hair. 
I mean, the man is gorgeous, brilliant man. He's he's still brilliant, um, super smart. We had just built um, a, a new home. We drove luxury vehicles. I had just gotten promoted, like three promotions in one year. I'm young as hell, making like ninety thousand dollars a year in Florida. Like I'm like twenty five. Listen, that's 90, like two hundred k in, in, in Florida. Yeah, that's a whole lot of money in that motherfucker at the time. I mean, you know, now I'd be like, God damn, what what I'm supposed to do with this? But back then. It's a lot of money. So on the outside, things looked great. I had a new baby. She's brilliant. She's smart. She was speaking at age one, like full sentences. Looked great. On the inside and behind the scene, miserable. Ex-husband mean. He's abusive. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with all of the turmoil, all of the things that happen when you do grow up with such a low self-esteem and you don't have any love or care for yourself and you're expecting this person to love you more or better than you love your own self. No, they he loved me how I loved myself. I treated myself poorly, so he was simply a mirror reflection of how I felt about me, which is why I don't fault him for our experience. I chose someone who treated me the way I felt about me. I hated me, so I chose someone who hated me too. Hmm. That's not on him, that's on me. And that's also too why I believe in personal accountability. I give two shits about what anybody else did. What did I do? How did I contribute to it? And how did I allow them so close into my space that they were able to affect me Mm -hmm. in this way? Doesn't mean I'm wrong. It doesn't mean they're wrong, even though, yes, there are some very wrong things. But it means that what I have done is taken accountability for, Okay, this is how I can make sure I change things for future, which is why also I date a lot now. Because for me, it's I want to get super clear on what is it that I truly like and how do I want to be treated and what does that look like? In real life. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to say, oh, these are my requirements and this is what I want and this is how it is. But baby. When you meet that, is it what you thought it was going to be? Is it what you thought it was going to be? So for me, when I went home to tell my mother goodbye, because I knew she had lost her mind when she when her first child had died. I wanted to make sure I left her with some really great memories of me. So I did all the things that she loved and I hated. I went to church every night with her. She was still going to church a lot back then. I went to church every night with her. I went to the thrift store, and I hated the thrift store because of how I grew up. So I went to the thrift store. I was doing all the things with her. And on one of the nights that I went to the church service, there was a a young woman there. Her name was Naomi. I will forever be appreciative to Naomi. She looked on the outside how I felt on the inside. I felt like walking death. She looked like walking death. And this is no disrespect to her. It is how she looked. She was a foster kid who had aged out of foster care. She was going through so much turmoil. She had a a brace on her arm because her man had thrown her through glass. Like she was going through it. She is why I created the program for the first company that I built, the nonprofit. And so for me, when I met Naomi, it was introducing me to the part of myself that I didn't know I was missing, which is why I wanted to take my life, which was purpose. We all are born for and with purpose And I don't believe that we all can't ever find it. You can find it and discover it. It just takes you deciding that you will stop playing and and entertaining your own bullshit and truly tap into who am I? Mm -hmm. When I met Naomi and I saw how she looked and how I felt, me helping her helped me to discover who I was. And so, yeah, that's how we got here. (laughs) Shout out to Naomi. I'm so grateful for her forever and always. She saved my life. Her and purpose saved my life. Y'all got to tune into her podcast because she didn't brought the therapeut into my podcast. And we'll be doing that over here. So I know that y'all have enjoyed this conversation and I know they don't want it to end. I don't want it to end, but they don't have to because I know you in real life. But tell the people where can they get more of you? Because I know they want it. Listen, you can find me all over Beyonce's Internet at Alicia Reese and it's spelled A L. E-C-H-I-A, last name Reese, R-E-E-S-E. You can also connect with me, tribe.gotvalunation.com. All the places and spaces, I look forward to, you know, communing with y'all there. And Triggered AF. Yes, Triggered AF, the podcast, subscribe to us. We have some really dope ass, you know, conversations over there. And don't worry, I have already put Coriel on our list. I was going to say, girl, I was going to get on that list one way or another. You're already on it. Listen, Thank you. For season five, because Thank we're going to be doing all the in-person interviews. So okay. We'll be coming to Atlanta, so yes. don't worry. We will definitely be having you on the Yeah, you're going to try to make me cry. We gonna talk, what are we going to talk about? Listen, all the things. 
We don't right. always cry on there. Okay. We we be we be ratcheting real too. Okay. Now listen. Okay. As long as I can get with. We're them. multifaceted. We could do it all. You are multifaceted because you be doing the thing. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Y'all, my notes. If y'all would see my notes, it ain't nothing like what we talked about, which is what <laughs> I love and appreciate because who cares about the, it's like what comes up is what is meant to be. And I know just like Naomi saved somebody, I know this conversation saved somebody. So awesome. I love you. I, love I appreciate you, you. Y'all. Bye. I mean, I'll see you. <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in. Follow my girl. She's dope in real life. Dope in real life. See you on the next episode. Girl, give me a hug. I hope you enjoyed that video. This channel is all about encouraging you to stop playing with your potential and start working for what you want in life and in love. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you'll be notified when the next video drops. And comment below and let me know what you want to see on the next video. Peace out. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.